Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. Welcome to Smart Home Show, very special episode, Smart Home Therapy, number one with my friend, Aaron Cohen. Stay tuned. everyone, welcome to the Smart Home Show. This is Mike Wolf, and this is a fun episode. This is a first in what I hope will be a recurring series called Smart Home Therapy, where I talk to and, and help someone who's looking to build out or develop or put in their own smart home. Looking to buy some off the shelf, looking to get like a big, uh, expensive... <clears throat> hey everyone, Mike Wolf. Hey everyone, welcome to the Smart Home Show. This is a fun episode. This is the first in what I hope will be a recurring series called Smart Home Therapy. And you know, it's really the idea here is we're basically going to help someone uh, figure out what they're going to do with their smart home, how they're going to build it out, what they're going to do. And my first guest, my first victim is Aaron Cohen. And I really have to credit Aaron. He, he kind of helped come up with this concept. He told me he wanted to put in a smart home. He's moving, moving to a new house and he wants to deck out the, the house with the smart home stuff. AV, uh, home control, security, all that stuff, audio. And he really has no idea where to start. I mean, he's a smart guy. He's in the technology industry. Uh, and he, you know, he can figure out a lot of stuff for himself, but he wants to talk it through. And so that's what we're going to do. And in this first episode, we really kind of talk through all the needs he has, you know, what his vision is. He has some, certainly some things he wants, certain, certainly some things he wants done. He doesn't want to pay necessarily uh, for like a, an ongoing smart home service fee. He doesn't necessarily want to get locked in uh, to like uh, a certain brand of hardware. He doesn't necessarily want to pay an integrator to come out every time something breaks. So that's where we, that's what we talk about. We talk about it uh, quite, uh, quite at length. And so I hope you enjoy this. Um, I think it's a fun, it's a fun episode. And if, if you have any suggestions for Aaron, if you have any ideas, um, we're going to do another episode. We're going to actually do the next episode talking about some of the specific needs he has around video and like setting up his his kind of whole home video system. And I'm going to bring in someone to help me with that because I think there's probably a lot smarter people than me to kind of figure that out. So I have a few ideas in mind. If you are a smart home or if you're a video integrator, if you want to give some ideas to Aaron, feel free to email me at the smart home show at gmail.com. And you can also just go to technology.fm. And leave a message there, and uh, we'll feature some of those comments on the show. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So, hey, once again, I hope you enjoy this episode. This is my friend Aaron Cohen, and here's our first episode of Smart Home Therapy. So, Aaron, you, you live in New York City, and you're moving after 14 years. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, so many things change when you don't uh, move for a long time. So, the whole idea of having a smart home is obviously a relatively new phenomenon. And I think 
most importantly, I'm going from, uh, you know, when we bought our place 15 years ago, it was a brand new apartment. And now we're moving into a brand new house in Connecticut. And the brand new house is wired for all this stuff, but there's nothing in it. So it is wired. It's a house that you have with existing like hard wiring that you Correct. can connect Correct. stuff to. There's lots of cable. There's lots of Ethernet. Lots of cable. Um, and 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 a security system, which I uh, probably should know for the for future podcasts. Michael, it'll probably be helpful to know what we have. Um, and we're moving in a couple of months. We we bought the house, but we just haven't moved because the kids are still finishing school. And what do you envision here, man? Do you want like this? like highly modern kind of fully connected home. We control from your iPad, like your music and your garage door. I mean, what, what's your vision here? Yeah. Well, I, I look, I, I think I have competing visions. <laughs> uh, one vision is to be able to DIY or self sustain the yeah. system, right? To, I, you know, I, I'm someone who is um, uh, on my second major home theater installation. So the the, the, the house would be my third. And, and was it was it one that were the last two ones you had like a, a system guy, like a installer come in? And, absolutely. And did you have his number on your cell phone? You had to call him and stuff? Oh, it was so painful. <laughs> Uh, the, the, uh, particularly, well, the second time I used Geek Squad. Okay. Which is best, uh, is Best Buy's? Correct. I think their correct. home installer division. Or, or. Correct. Geek Squad was a, an IT services company that did not just home theater installation, but all kinds of computer stuff, you know, sort of AV slash IT stuff. And Best Buy acquired it about, uh, probably about six or seven years ago. And how was that experience? It was pretty good. I, I, it, it, it by no means was horrific, but I'll tell you, you know, I think one of the challenges is I, I, I gave the guy a lot of full reign. I gave him fairly what big budget, and still we didn't get the sound on the home theater system right. Principally, I think because of the room we're in. But you know, it's a, it, it, it's a. I live in a, you know, an, an apartment in New York City, so it's not like you're going to get a lot of flexibility on number of rooms in which you could could install a system. Now, that's totally different where I'm going. Uh, I'm moving to a much bigger space. And do you want like this music server type of situation, like or like an AV server where you basically have like one repository with like a bunch of stuff, t- thousands of CDs on like one kind of at the touch yeah, well, of a So I think that this is all I, – I wouldn't even just say music. I would say – you know, music, films, television, uh, sport, and especially when I say television, what I really mean is there's different kinds of television, right? There's Netflix and yeah, Amazon yeah. Prime and all that kind of stuff, which today I access through my Xbox. Um, and then there's also, uh, you know, live sports, which last time I checked, you needed a a cable provider or a satellite provider and a service. So I sadly cannot be a cord cutter 
um, because of my, um, you want live sports you want because of our family's. Yeah. My, my family's passion for live sports. (laughs) You're Uh, like most people who have a passion for that. I mean, and that's why I think the core cutter thing is kind of overstated quite honestly. I mean, there's still tons and tons of people who love live sports. And if you look at the cable industry revenue, that hasn't gone down, but, but let's not get into an industry conversation. Let's, Keep talking yeah. about your Although stuff. We do need to do that at some other <laughs> time. So let's not. Let's not. Let's not come we can back. Get sidetracked. Right, but anyway, I. Uh, yeah, so I mean, basically, Michael, here's what happened. So, like you and I, obviously, have known each other for a while, but now I've been listening to the Smart Home Show. Yep, and Good and man. that's a podcast that you kicked off, and I've I think I've consumed more or less every episode. I might be one behind, but uh, and every time someone comes on. I think, all right, that sounds like a good system. Why not that? Why not this? <laughs> yeah. How about that? And then I, you know, I I have to, you know, purchase a number of new appliances slash, you know, devices for this house. And I walk into Best Buy. And it's overwhelming, uh, isn't it? And you just like, okay, how about this screen or that screen or this device or these speakers or that thing or, I mean, and I just, so, you know, I've been, for the last couple of weeks, I've been saying, Michael, dude, there's some programming in my confusion. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm freaking out, you know, and my wife is on me about like making sure the sequence of the timing is in line with our move and all these kinds of things. And, you know, I'm super busy. And every time I put another hour of research into it, I'm more confused, (laughs) six more hours away from making any decisions, you know, and I like it. Actually, you know, we also, we also went through this recently with automotive automobiles, you know, where we have to buy probably a second car, but we hadn't bought a car in a long time either. And it's the same thing, man. It's like, how do you buy a it's, car? It's a way different world. It's a it way different really world than like five is. years ago. It really is. So I basically, you know, like came up with the genius idea of, uh, I think genius idea of like, hey, maybe my friend Michael, who's basically the country's media expert on smart homes, can let's not just get, let's not overstate it. Let's not well, overstate I mean, it. dude, I, all I'm saying is. Tell me what to do, you know, like be my personal trainer or something. And I agreed to do this because I think it'd be fun with the caveats that I am not, I'm not like nearly as smart on all the nitty gritty stuff that you probably can get from like a a home system installer who's going to be perfectly, who's really open and understands and, and knows about installing all the stuff. So Right. Well, we may have to. So there's a and guy. That's, and there's, there's some guy guys I can bring up. I can guy. bring some guys on. You may have a guy. I may have a guy. We may have to do the next episode with a guy. Yeah. But, that, so the guy was emailing me, me with me yesterday, you know, and he, you know, now we get into like, you know, uh, um, the, uh, what's the Connect 4? Is that what it's called? No. Is that Control 4. Right. Control so, 4. Thank you. Connect 4, I think, is the game we used to play. So what I can do, I think, is like, if I know what your budget is, what exa- what you want, you know, I can talk to you about some ideas and like particularly down certain paths, like the network, the home network, some of the smart home pieces and and the music stuff and a little bit around the streaming streaming video. And for the heavy duty like media server stuff, I understand it, but I think we may want to get someone in here. But let's 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 see how far we can get with this episode. And OK, so, well, first of all, let me give you some principles that I think are important. OK, because okay? I have made headway there. 
One, I want to run anything off of any iOS device. I want to run everything off of iOS. Okay. So I'm prepared to just make a commitment. My family is an iOS family. Could we switch? Sure. But right now we're an iOS family. Yeah, that's smart because I think every connected device, and I think your thing is basically – your whole home is going to be running on connected devices. Almost everyone or everyone I could say with 99.9% certainty that have iPhone apps now or have iPad apps. I mean I think if you're in this game, if you don't have one, you basically should shut your company down. So right. you're smart. Right, right. And it seems like people go iOS before they go Android. They do. Too, they which, do. Is, which is somewhat <clears throat> modestly surprising, but maybe the penetration of iOS is skews much more high economically. So that so that's one one consideration set. Now the second thing that is really important to me is to have many screens. Okay. Now what I mean by that is like you, I often work from home. Um, and, uh, and what I'm very focused on with screens is not just video consumption, but what we're doing right now, Skyping, uh, presence of video. Uh, I'd like to have screens in, you know, ver- there's a number of guest rooms. I, it seems to me it would be nice to have screens in those rooms. But the last thing I want to do is connect a cable box or a satellite <laughs> box to every screen. Yeah, That yeah. seems sort of silly to me, right? So what I'd like to be, you know, what I'd like to do is have flexibility to add screens that then power okay. the internet, really is one way of thinking about it. Um, screens that are almost acting like uh, computer extensions uh, or computing extensions. And when you say screens, do you mean screens like in the general sense, like lots of mobile and lots of big screens? No, or you want I, like I'm stuff sorry. hanging on, Wall hanging on walls? Wall-based Wall ba- okay. I, I'm talking about plasma. Uh, excuse me, not plasma because that seems to have disappeared. Um, and I have a funny story about that because I actually own a Panasonic Vieira television set. So do I, which I still love, by the way. Yeah, which I, it's funny because my, the advice you get from realtors when you move now is don't bring your electronics. It's not worth it, unattaching it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? This is like a collector's item television. Yeah, it is that, absolutely coming with me. That makes no sense. I think if yeah. it's like a heavy installed system. Like it is. With it is, right? With the speakers and everything, especially with the speakers. Yeah. It is, right? So we'll come back to that. But we're, but the point is what I'm thinking about is you know, 42-inch monitor there, 50-inch monitor there, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, like you might think about it as in an office, screens, right? Presence, right? I want it for my home office. And that, so that's one thing. And then the second thing is I absolutely want the ability to watch more than one screen at a time Sundays uh, in the fall. And so I, you, and do you have like a place or like a certain room where yes, you're watching a lot yes. of sports? There's one place where we can do, where there's a long wall where we could do kind of uh let's call it maybe a three screen install. You know, uh, which you're going to basically create a Hooters in your house. I, I, well, Rye likes my son likes to call it um, the red zone. Okay, <laughs> that's what he likes to call it, the red zone, because we're major, 
watchers of uh, the National Football League. Uh, and, and, you know, hey, we're heavy consumers of the Red Zone channel. You know, so he, but, but I'm saying, look, we don't want just the red zone. We also want the games. And you want multiple games on at the same time. So like you can have up to, you want up to three games going at the same time. Well, I want up to three feeds, right? Yeah. Three games would be outstanding, but, but here's what I'm not prepared to do. I'm not prepared to service those three screens at, and and I don't know why I feel so strongly about this because in the grand scheme of things, this might not be the major cost. But I think it's outrageous that I should have to pay six or eight bucks a month to, uh, for me, it's going to be either Optimum, Verizon Fios, or DirecTV. But it would be one of the two bandwidth. Uh, it, I don't want to pay DirecTV for every single screen I have installed in the house when no one's watching them. Well, and do you have, do you have Dish potentially? Are you, are you settled on, like, if you uh, like, you uh, have like, you have get- a. I guess a, I could get Dish. Okay. It didn't occur to me to get Dish. So that, you have this, a fiber to the home provider in Verizon, and you had a cable provider. Who's your cable well? Provider? I'm not. First of all, I'm not certain that I have FiOS available. Okay. I do know that they are in some places in Westport. The 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 monopoly cable provider <laughs> is is Optimum. Okay. Which I don't even know who owns Optimum. Do you? I I don't know. Is Optimum, I think it's probably owned by Charter is my guess, or maybe by Time. I don't even know. Good question. I, I, I haven't even looked it up. I do know that I can get 101 megs down. Which is pretty great. 55 up for about 100 bucks a month. And do you have a budget in terms of like... I, I mean, don't. It seems like you're more on principle than yeah, like exactly. budget. Yeah. Like So like you're saying, I don't want to pay for each feed. It's not because you're like budget constraints, it's more principle. Well, I just think it's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I mean, it's part of, it's the cord cutter in me that's like, no, that's not right. So w- what I want is lots of screens, but for the, the for the most part, they're not going to be watched. Generally, guests aren't there, right, as an example. I'd like my guests to have a television, you know, a screen in their room. But, you know, if they can only watch Netflix and, and Amazon Prime, I'm fine with it. Or I want to be able to move one of my signals over to that screen at that time, right? Does that make sense to you? It so does. It does. if I have 12 screens and four boxes, I mean, there's never going to be more than four boxes on in a given time ever. You know, I mean, there's probably only going to be two on most of the time. Yeah, right? but you, you'll you have like potentially like a, a TV in the kitchen area or is that shared a shared space with like so – that's a shared space. Okay. So that's a shared space. And so. what about like is there a chance like your son or your, your uh-huh. wife is going to be watching in a different room? Yes, there is. But that's it, right? You're talking two, three max right. for, the, for the vast majority of the time. The kids watch on their iPads. They watch – mostly they watch video on demand on their computing screens. Okay. I don't think that'll change. Okay. And they so, like that intimacy. So we have a pretty good idea what you want from like I think a video standpoint. I want to – And I was going to support all that with wireless audio. Okay. So the audio piece is you want multi-zone, multi-room audio you can control with like an iOS device, an iPad or an iPhone, right? Is that like in a sense or two kind of what you want? Correct. And and I'm very attracted to the idea of wireless audio because right out of the gate, you just cut down on your expertise needed to maneuver your system, right? 
uh, I, you know, or, or to use it. I mean, as soon as you're talking about like, so one thing is, even though we want to put three screens in the red zone, I don't know that I'm prepared to like drill more like holes in the wall for speakers and all that kind of stuff when it, I'm not convinced that's necessary anymore. Um, that's what I have now, right? I've got like speakers like that are perfectly flush with the walls and all that kind of stuff. And you're leaving but, that where you're, you're leaving at your, your old house or you bring anything with you. And there's a I could, well, I'm, I'm definitely bringing the, I'm definitely bringing the, uh, 65 inch Panasonic Viera. That'll be the main screen still. Okay. I have, by the way, we could go down a whole nother path of like, <laughs> do you take the plunge of like the Epson projector? Uh, it seems that home theater projecting has really improved. Yeah, I'm not ready to go down that path. I think we want to bring in a specialist for that because that's, right, right, that's right, someone else. Right. But I want to I want to keep on this audio thing. So you want wireless audio? You're not. Well, bringing, you tell you, me. Tell you, you. Do you do not have wireless audio for your VR? I have Sonos. I have Sonos. You have Sonos for all your all your every room, everything, and including television. I don't use Sonos, although I've thought about getting a soundbar. You can do a soundbar with Sonos, well, but, r- but right now I don't. I don't have that. So then, how do you get sound out of your for the football or whatever? I just I have a really good Viera as well, which I use as my main sound. I don't have like this like hugely complex home theater system. Okay, so you just use the Viera speakers. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So that would now. So I. So the soundbar. I price the soundbar is really expensive. Or, well, by my, I, I mean, I don't know what that means, but I mean, but, the sound but, bar- yeah, if you want the Sonos soundbar, that's probably a premium, but there's lots of soundbars. I know. Get. Well, that's what I'm asking. That to me, that's one of the central questions, Michael. Like there's Samsung, there's Vizio that are significantly, especially Vizio, significantly less expensive, very well rated on Amazon, but. Everyone says the Sonos app, and Sonos is like really user friendly, and that's what you're paying for, I think, and that's why they they've been able to kind of get to half a billion dollars in revenue without decreasing prices. What they've got, what they've done lately, what you've noticed is they've expanded the product line downward into the sub, just under sub two hundred dollars. I mean, five years ago, I you couldn't get into a Sonos system for like less than like six seven hundred dollars to kind of really get it up and running in your house. And what's been great, and what's is what's great timing for you now, is they've just, and I, I mean, we can make this like me kind of trying to convince you to go with Sonos because that's what I know, that's what I love, and we could or we could talk about some other stuff as well. But let's let's continue. But on that's trying to our convince you. circle. That's the circle of people we run with. Is people that have exactly, Sonos. exactly. But what's, and then that's the only advice I get. I don't know anyone who has anything else. Well, the great news is, okay, first of all, the great news for if you want to get into Sonos is they've made it so you can go and get into Sonos without having to buy one of their uh, their their hubs where basically you had a box that connected into your router con- to connect to their wireless mesh network. Right. They've now enabled it so you can actually just connect it to your router and, and get Sonos the Sonos mesh network working. So that's good because it's about 50 or maybe $70 less to get in. Right. And then also they actually hub got, no longer do they not even sell that hub anymore? It's not necessary anymore. I think they're still selling it. This is okay. just new, and I think the software upgrade is may actually <laughs> just be rolling out into the market now. So, right. but what I'm saying is, if you wanted to do like little rooms, like your bathroom, or like s- small rooms where you don't have speakers wired, 
they have the I think it's a Sonos Sonos One, the One or the Three or yeah, the five. yeah. They have yeah. basically three ones. They have kind of like to to use coffee Starbucks terminology, like kind of the tall Grande and Vente, and you right. can put the talls in your uh, in your bathroom for like two hundred dollars or something. So the talls like a like better than a Jawbone. <laughs> The tall Jabba Jambone. What are the Jambone? Jambone. What, from my understanding, are those are Bluetooth based, um, so that connect. Right, I've had one, and so I think those are different. Like I think those are like great for like home offices or offices where you have your iPhone, and you or you're just like you have a small apartment, you just want to jam, but you have I think more complex needs where you want multi-zone coordinated audio that works really well from an app and. The great thing about Sonos is you can connect all your zones in a party situation. So if you walk from room to room, it's like all playing the same music. Or you can have like 10 different rooms with 10 different streams going. DJs. Exactly. You could have rooms, right? I could run a a nightclub. Super easy and dynamic to connect. And because I – and this is where like I'd love to get like listeners to jump in or like we'll have a guest to kind of convince the other – kind of go towards the other side of the story – why you should go with like Samsung's wireless audio or go with someone else's. I know Sonos well, and I've had these situations where you have like a party going, you have multiple zones, and it's all just controllable through an app. It's like sort of literally just I want to connect these two rooms. Boom. Done. And controllable by a normal human being. Exactly. Let me ask I you this. I think the appeal of Sonos might be similar to the, the appeal of Apple, which is – which is it's really easy to figure stuff out, and that does matter. I've been waiting, and I think it's it probably goes to uh, John McFarlane, the owner of Sonos, just kind of being fiercely independent. I mean, I know John; I talked to him, and I remember talking to him in two thousand eight when the the market was crashing, and like he was absolutely confident that they would survive, even though they had premium pricing. Because I was asking what would happen at this economy tanks, he's like, "We'll be just fine." And they were. And I always thought that like Apple would swoop in and buy them or someone would swoop in and buy them. But I think like he just wanted to remain independent. And again, I don't want to get into like industry talk, but I think it's just like he had well, a vision. It, matter, I, it matters if we segue from Sonos to the whole, you know, um, Control 4 versus Revolve versus these other, you know, kind of systems that can kind of power your home. It matters. The, the vendor and industry stuff really matters, I think. because So I listened to the Revolve CEO on your show. Yep. And I was impressed with the vision of that product. I, I found the price point totally reasonable for what it does. Um, that said, I don't know anyone who uses it, right? So what I do know is, is I have AV guys and my friends pitching me Control 4. Um, that seems to be the thing that everybody's using. Uh, I don't know if that's the right call, the wrong call, you know, and this is where we might want to get another guy who actually does these installs to be, uh, to join us in these conversations because I, I don't think it's easy to know what to do. Well, I think here's here's what it boils down to with Control Four. If you if you want to get into like a a, a multi room, highly functional, controlled smart home that is like you know has the the AV integrated really well, um, has kind of a fairly mature software framework. 
I think you probably can't go wrong with Control 4 because they've been doing it for like close to a decade. And they're really, if you look at like the leading, the kind of the, if you ask all the home system integrators, like what they pick when they, when they want to install or what they recommend, Control 4 is always at the top of the list. So I think when you, your friends are right, and like this makes a lot of sense that your friends would be recommending that because Control 4 always is near the top of the list. And it's not, it's it's definitely more expensive, right? I mean, this is like a, an installer right. installed system. I it's, haven't priced it out. Yeah, it's definitely more expensive than like the DIY stuff you're going to get at retail, and the stuff you're going to get like you know just through Amazon because there's an integrator and they don't really sell through just directly to you. They're going to have it go through like a, a professional, and that's why the price is going to be there. But this seems to me here's the problem, Aaron. This seems to be like going against what you want to be completely DIY. So if that's the case, if you're going to stick to that ethos and that kind of principle, then I, it seems like that's going to rule out control four. Well, that, that I think there's a real tension in that. And I think that's the, you know, maybe episode two or whatever. I, what worries me about being dependent on a vendor is being dependent on a vendor. And I, I just have not liked that in previous installs, at least of audio visual equipment. Now, look, I understand uh, I, I, there's no question it's important to be able to control your systems for, remotely, right? I mean, for security purposes, for energy conservation purposes, for comfort purposes when you're coming back from a trip or whatever. Th- that makes a lot of sense to me. And and if Control 4 is the one that does that the best, so be it, you know, and the most securely – I, but my sense was from listening to the Revolve story was, all right, they're kind of in this – they're figuring it out, right? Um, uh, I, I, so, so – but the big thing is I just feel like the, the landscape is going to shift dramatically over the – you know, I have – I'm going to be in Westport, Connecticut for the next eight years at a minimum because that is how long it's going to take my kids to finish high school, you know? And so to me, I, obviously things are going to change over eight years. Am I going to call my vendor every six months? I just, you know, I don't, I, I would love, to me, that's where things really get expensive. Paying for that is where you can buy a lot of nice uh, uh, equipment if you don't have to spend, you know, 200 bucks an hour every, every, you know, you know, and like, you know, 10 hour, 20 hours a year or whatever. I don't even know. So you, you tell me. Well, so let me lay out the options from the smart home perspective. I think, like okay. it, at a very high level, like and and so this is like kind of separating a little bit from just purely talking about like the really high end audiovisual stuff. But if you're just gonna like look at, okay, I want I have a choice of like smart home and like who installs it and how it's managed. Like you can go like purely down the DIY path, like purely like it's gonna be me and maybe like a a support center guy uh, overseas if I, if I have trouble or, or something like my revolve's not working, which is scary. Yeah. And like, you know, it's not just revolve. It could be Belkin Wemo or it could be simple or smart things. And this, it, those are more pure DIY solutions. Let's just be honest. That's what they are, including stuff like Lowe's Iris, etc. cetera. Right. Um, or you can go a middle route, which I think there's like a little layer of, of help and kind of management and maybe even someone that's going to be there for you, but it's, it's, and there's going to be a little bit more cost to it. And that's like what I would call the, the managed smart home, which is something from, 
Uh, and it depends what your, your global local cable guy p- provides, but the cable guys all provide smart home services now by and large. So Comcast, Time Warner, Cox are providing solutions for the most part built on iControl. So iControl is a platform that has been around for like a decade, but they, about five or six years ago, they started to offer their platform and really moved, the whole company changed to like be in a, a white label platform for cable companies. No kidding. And ADT as well. So like they power ADT smart home service, but they also provide security and smart home infrastructure to, to Comcast. So, and, and all the other cable guys. So right. th- that, and so what you're looking at there is like a $30 a month subscription fee. And this might kind of go against the cord cutter in you. Right, right. It might, this might I, don't kinda, like, I don't like to give might rub you wrong a little bit in the corp cutter side. I don't like to give revenue to those guys. <laughs> I don't. It's, it's principle. I get it. I get it. And so, and I think quite honestly, you're touching on an important point. I think that's like going to be the cable company's biggest challenge is convincing the people out there, us, the, the, the humans to pay them another 30 bucks a month. Like they, that's going to be, we already pay them for three big chunks of our lives. And that's like right. our phones, our screens and our internet. And like, our, do we want to pay like a fourth, like a fourth revenue stream to them? Well, I think, I think we might have, if they provided high quality service, but yeah, I, so that I, gets down to like, my sense. My sense is that's not where I want the right vendor relationship. You know okay. I mean? Again, just to think about it from let, – let's use Apple computing as a metaphor. I never use Apple's support, but I never need to. You know, And I, in general, I don't want to use support, right? Because just once we're there, it's problematic. And, yeah. you know, customer interactions – are with, 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 you know, service, right? Like that, that's probably one of the reasons we ended up, um, I mean, I know it's the reason the first car we got was, uh, um, was a Mercedes and it's like a totally vanilla E E class Mercedes. It's certified pre-owned. We talked about this in our last conversation, Michael. And the reason we got it is Mercedes gives killer service. I'm sure that was the reason like that's what blew us away. And so I think, you know, I have trouble – I'd spend $50 a month with Comcast or Optimum if I thought it was going to be a wonderfully compelling experience. That has not been my history. Right. Well, I mean, you know? and you're going to have – you have that service provider relationship with them, but then there's the hardware relationship. And the good news is like these guys are kind of embracing like a third-party like uh, hardware ecosystem now. So – I mean, the the idea is like you would have like some little box in your house that like Comcast would control or, or Optimum, and that's like your hub. But they're they're going to be okay with you bringing in like the different hardware. And I mean, the 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 part the part of the problem with the cable relationship in the past was you always had like this really old Motorola box, like sure. that was the problem. And you had these really old like uh, routers that was a kind of part of the problem. And sure, you're paying like them way too much money for like kind of maybe like slow speeds, but. I think these guys realize they have to move towards a more open kind of hardware ecosystem, and then they're kind yeah. of slowly doing that. But that's a different conversation. So the so the so the middle level is I control. Yeah, the middle level is I control, and then the the high level is like I think probably control for. You can even go higher. There's there's other solutions out there um, that you can you can also install as well. So so if that's like the three options, you're you're kind of small, medium, large option. Okay. And so 
the 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 key with like Control Four is I think you're going to get a more integrated experience over time. Now, what what's kind of the X factor for all of this is if Apple decides, like you know, like a month after this podcast is done, we publish it. Apple goes, hey everyone, look, we have a new we have a new Apple TV with smart home features integrated, in, and we have iBeacon functionality and and all this great stuff you can do from your iPad. So that might blow everything out of the water, and but we're not you're not willing to wait. Based on what Apple might no, do in six I'm months. Not, I, well, uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, that I think you've just raised a really important question. The Apple TV. It's a little hard for me to wait for Apple TV. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that I'm not going to do. And more, moreover, the idea of actually the screen being powered, you know, the screen being manufactured by Apple strikes me as a little that gets me a little scary. I'm already like baked into their system enough as is. Um I, I will say that if there's some major investment to make in control four that might be disrupted by Apple, yeah, that's that that's food for thought. I mean I don't have to do everything at once. Right? And that that actually brings up a great option or a great point in that you can do DIY as a gateway drug to like a bigger, more evolved system two years down the line, right? So you might want to go, okay, right. This smart home world is evolving so fast. I can go and get a revolve or like a smart things and do some pretty cool stuff around my house. And I can also have a Sonos, which is always going to have a fairly long life. And then something Apple just rocks our world in six or 12 months. And then because you're such an Apple centric household, then you just, kind of start to layer that in. So right. now I'm, I'm of the mind that Apple's not going to come out of the line of televisions. I just think that's crazy. I think they're going to have these little boxes that connect to our televisions, but I think the TV market, like making glass is just like not their, not their model. They're not going right. to, cre- they're not going to ship glass, but. Okay, good. I'm glad you feel that way. But, but the real question is, I think there is a decision to be made uh, about them. See, to me, I wouldn't want to lock in, and I, I, I assume Control 4 doesn't do – I mean, you know, listen. The Control 4 thing that's been laid out for me, and I've seen it on – you know, I've seen some examples of it and demos of it, is that, ooh, I can open and close my pool cover and my shades and, you know, my security system and my all of my different appliances, my all my TVs and all that kind of stuff. It's very sexy but not entirely necessary. Um, at the outset anyway, um, that's not like, I'm not, I don't think our family is that kind of family. I, I, I will say looking for the remote is super annoying when you have a phone in your pocket all the time. It strikes me as incredibly useful to be able to use that. I've tried to do that by the way, with, um, with, I have, um, you know, TiVo now because I use RC, we have RCN as our cable provider. And, you know, so I have a TiVo app. I have my receivers app. I have the TV app. Those are bad experiences on the iPhone. Um, well, let me just say that I'm not a huge fan of, like, touch – like, like always relying 100% on a touchscreen for my remote. I still think, like, I love tactile buttons yeah. for, in some situations, like, particularly, like, if I'm lying in bed. Or, changing or whatever, channels. right? Yeah, you like so, tactile for changing channels or turning up the volume. Yeah, yeah, and I I love this idea of like a an iPad can to control like to be central command for a lot of things, but not necessarily have to be the only command center for right. like my TV watching experience. That's just me. Well, 
Right, right. So look, I like tactile too, but I what I don't like is infrared. I get a little nervous about infrared. It, there's a del- like right now. I'm using uh, I can't remember what my remote is. Uh, it's a Logitech. I'm Why are you nervous about infrared? Because if there's a delay, it's just not. Okay. You know, but maybe there'd be more of a delay. I felt like there's some crazy health concern now that I had to worry about with the infrared. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's more. It's more like about speed of performance and and by the way. I mean, another like I know we're all over the map, and this is like a terribly chaotic conversation. But it's the know, first conversation. In I was, your therapy. Well, I was, I was, I know. I <coughs> I was leaning towards satellite television, and then we've had such a horrific winter here, and you know I've been in numerous um, places where Directv kind of goes in and out, <coughs> and that struck me as like. Wow, that just cannot happen. You cannot have something that could potentially go in and out. All right, and and so I came back to cable, but I, you know, it, you know, I'm still not sure what the right thing to do is on the television service. The only reason I still like to have Dish and and maybe Directv as an option is I feel like they still have, in many ways, better set top box technology or like DVR technology than like I've seen, at least with my local cable provider and dish has the hopper, which is a great multi-room multi-room DVR setup. So like you can actually have, you know, I think the high end ones has like, you know, five or six tuners in it. I'm sure someone will correct me. And so each tuner can like be like a, a record, like something you're recording for later. And another tuner can be watched. You'd be used for live sports. Sure. And another two. like the cable guys have caught up to that, Michael. Optimum offered me something. Okay. So- All right. Well, that, I mean, that could decide it. I mean, in, in many ways, what provider you go with. So I would just kind of lay out all the options for set-top boxes and, and what. I mean, you're going to you're gonna want live sports, so you're going to have to make that choice. And you probably want to go with the highest-end uh, multi-tuner box from these guys. Uh, that's just my feeling. If you don't want to pay multiple subscriptions, multiple fees for multiple feeds. Cause you may have like a cost, for like a, an extra set top box in a different room. Quite honestly, like it might be hard to go without paying like a little bit extra for what you want. Um, right. So I, that's the, by the way, that's one of the really interesting things I want to explore. I think you've hit on something important though, which is maybe committing is a mistake at this juncture. Maybe it makes sense to go entry level DIY, even if it ends up being that I need some help from uh, an integrator yeah. of some kind, just to get rolling and then watch how things play out a little bit. Like for example, there's no question I feel I should get Nest. Okay. That said, there are thermostats on my walls already. I mean, we bought the house before we could kind of, uh, you know, it was already completed. So, you know, I'm not exactly sure if I should, like, immediately buy three Nests or not. By the way, Nest is basically the Sonos equivalent in the the energy space, right? It's like if you live in Silicon Valley or you're in tech, no one else makes a connected thermostat besides Nest in in the minds of people. But, you know – the other guys in the space, um, Honeywell, for example, has been making Wi-Fi thermostats for three or four years. So there's other guys out there, just so you know. Yeah, um, but I, I, I'm, I, I have to say what really got me excited about Nest was that Google acquired it. I like being part of that ecosystem. I feel like Google is going to do something from a big data standpoint. 
that's exciting. That's funny because I think a lot of people are like, I don't want to buy Nest because Google now owns it. Well, see that I, I'm not worried about Google. I mean, it, I mean, once I've gone down the road of having my whole life running on Google in the cloud, I, they can have my energy bills. It's okay, my energy usage. I, I, I'm hoping something productive will come from that. Okay. So I, but I do want to separate this, this idea of like, okay, AV control and entertainment control from like the other part of like. Um, home con- home systems control. I think those are like you can get those fully integrated, and I think the probably the the most the best way you can do that probably is through like a control four. Like if you want all those fully integrated through like one app, I think the only way you can do it now is through one of those high end systems. I think it'd be very hard to do all that through like a single app and then DIY space and it's kind of a DIY approach right now. I think that'd be hard. So okay. Well, that, that, that's a key realization, right? So if you're, as you're thinking through, as I'm thinking through, what are the priorities? The, only the high end offers single app simplicity. I think, yeah, I think the cable guys are trying to get there with, I mean, and you think about like, okay, they have hooks into your TV and now they're offering smart home services and they own your broadband they're going to try and get there, right? They're going to try and get that all integrated, but they're definitely like, it's all piecemeal right now. Right. And again, that also is a monthly subscription fee. I don't know if you're willing to pay that. So, but if you are wanting to kind of move towards that fully integrated experience with one app, one app, I think you're going to have to go on the high end, but if you're willing to wait it out a few years, I think you might, you might want to do that. Then you could piece together the, the different parts with a few different apps. And by the way, you can get Sonos, for example, integrated with SmartThings. So if you have SmartThings, yeah, really, the whole ecosystem is supporting Sonos, right? Yeah. So like, but that's a key part, right? So think about like like that. So SmartThings, that's an important point to make. SmartThings want to have everything that's connected in the home controlled through their app. They're kind of fighting for this real estate, so they want to be that everything connect everything in your house app. And so they've integrated Sonos, which makes a lot of sense. You don't have to jump outside of the the smart things. You have to control your Sonos. Still better experience, by the way. So I've I've controlled my Sonos through a smart things app, but it's still a better experience to jump out to the Sonos app because it's still great. Right. That might even be true about Control Four. Right. Yeah. You might have like a great experience with Control Four, but like it's not going to be never. It's never going to be quite as good as like the Sonos highly optimized great app. Right. It's never going to be that great. Right. Those guys are really focused on UI. They, they they have they're the apple of this space it seems like but it, it goes beyond Sonos I mean I think like do you really want one app or are you okay switching between a few different apps like I want to switch over to my Dropcam and watch my dog while I'm at work on my iPhone and I don't necessarily I'm not going to do this through the SmartThings app because it's not going to be necessarily great I can do it through the Dropcam app. So see what I mean? There's going to be all these different points. Well, yeah, there's – see, okay, let me tell you where the single simplicity focus comes from. It's less about me and more about my wife, Okay. right? I, it's more about like when you live with people who aren't as comfortable with technology and I would not put myself as like a super geek by any stretch of the imagination, which should shine through from this conversation. But like Nina – you know, Nina is particularly – not intuitive, you know? And so I love the idea of not 
you know, like it's a, like a marital tension thing, Michael. Like you can relate to that, right? Like I love the idea of not having to constantly help her. Yeah. Because that 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 like is a source of like it, that's an issue in our in our you know like I'm trying to you know I'm I've been I've been married long enough now to know like figure out how to minimize the issues. Okay. So let me just say Sonos is the reason why I've had a happy marriage. I mean, no, exactly. no, but literally my <laughs> wife, like her favorite gifts I've probably ever gotten her. I mean, let's be honest, are the, is Sonos. I mean, there's been a few other things and Mike and people like she lifts, listens to it every day in the morning and at night in, in, in the bath. And it's just like her favorite thing. And it, the fact that she's very iPhone centric, like it's all through her iPhone. There's hardly, there's never problems. And once in a while, there's like a software update. I have to maybe touch a button or something, but by and large, it's like your favorite uh, thing. And she's like your wife. She's like, she does not want to get involved with tech. Done. Done. That, that, that's what's all that, that I'm willing to spend more money to make my wife happier. So that like, I don't need to do Vizio speakers if it's going to be harder for Nina to play Pandora or whatever, you know, whatever Spotify really Nina only uses Spotify and Pandora. So well, and the beauty is they're so well integrated. I mean, they've been integrated. I'm sure that Sonos is the first connected device that, that Pandora ever integrated with. And that's still what we listen to. And we, we, you know, listen to Spotify once in a while, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty seamless. Yeah. I mean, I, that, I think that's pretty powerful. I mean, Spotify has become such a big part of my kids' lives as well that we have two accounts. It's incredible. I mean, like literally we needed two accounts because like people are getting kicked off all the time. Yeah. And what about like, do you have, does anyone have large music collections? Like, do you have like tons of CDs somewhere on a hard drive that you're going to be streaming or no? So, you know, I'm slightly the wrong generation for that. I, um, I never, uh, a, we never stole music, right. Just cause it just, that's just not something we did. Um, and then B, we did we own tons of CDs, but they never got converted. And, but we do probably have, you know, we probably spent a fair amount of money on iTunes, and probably and I, I know I know we have a you know twenty thousand song collection, not a hundred thousand songs, not a you know five hundred thousand or something like that. I mean, there's huge. You know, we don't have tons of remixes and all the other and the amazing stuff we do. Mostly, we stream music. Mostly, it's all stream. Yeah, same with us. But twenty thousand, you have a pretty big music collection. Yeah, if that's the case. Yeah, well, especially when you consider it's really not the old music collection. You know, uh, you know, like what we didn't really, we weren't able to convert stuff. In fact, Nina would rebuy stuff that. Like she didn't know how to. She forgot it. that she had it, or like it was. No, on she a, just doesn't know how to deal with it. She wants it on iTunes. I mean, I've seen this behavior a lot, by the way. Also with with video and movies, there's a real. This is like a really. By the way, Nina pulled the trigger last week because she was frustrated with our um, portable music on a uh, a jambo. Uh, no, a Beats a Beats pill. Right, which is a Bluetooth speaker, right? Yes, which is a Bluetooth speaker. And I was so livid about it. Like, again, <laughs> because I knew I was having this conversation with you. I'm like, me, that may not be part of our ecosystem. Like, that wasn't part of our standard. Well, she could take that in her purse, though, right? I yeah, mean, so, so she, that's a great thing is she could take it with her. 
well, no, no, but she got it for her bathroom, right? She got it for baths or like to bounce around the kitchen or whatever. I'm like, no, that's not the way it's going to be in the future. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it really, <laughs> no, we don't uh, want Beats. And you know how I feel about Beats, which is they're the only brand in the world today that makes a terrible product that everyone buys because they're that cool. You know, I mean, we have had easily in our family three or four pairs of those headphones and they're terrible. They well, break so quickly. Yeah. And what was so weird is I had this like Beats on my H. So I had an HTC One X and like it had a Beats software stack on it. So like whenever I plug in like my, my old Black – by the way, my old BlackBerry headphones are still better than any like little plug-in earphones I've ever had. I still use those. The I can't beat, believe you still have those. They've held up. Like everything else breaks, including That's the, the iPhones, earbuds, and like everything else just breaks. Everything breaks. And these things, are, I mean, the one thing about Black, I think Black, the headphone business is a good business because I think you're a lot of replacement. So BlackBerry makes actually durable stuff. And so I plug those in and then I would get a Beats experience. Like the Beats icon would come on. I'm like, what What the heck is this? What does this even matter? What does this even mean? It's a terrible I, – I don't It's an amazing thing. They're, they're an amazing company because, the, you know, like I've tweeted that these are awful headphones. I can't believe anyone buys them. And, you know, I've like tried to understand why they're not – getting crushed on the internet like other products do and they don't. But anyway, so well, you, know, you know, 50 cent actually 50 cent has a competing, a competing offer or a competing brand. Oh, it does. SMS. Yeah. Something like that. Cause I, I, I mean, I'm surprised by that. Cause 50 and Dre are allies in the hip hop world. Not in the headphone business, my friend, not in the headphone business. Wow. They've gone there several ways. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but, in, but in any event, Sold on Sonos. I, I got. I'm going to have to do Sonos now. Let me ask you a question: When you're doing Sonos, how do you think about rooms? Right? Like, do you do you move speakers around your house, so, or do you try and have it so that like you never have to move them? Yeah. So I mean, I've basically centered my whole. Um, Sonos experience around their, their S1, S3, S5 experience. So like those are all portable, right? So they're basically like, I mean, if you use the old kind of growing up in the 80s terminologies, they're like beatboxes, right? You can literally move it from kind of room to room, plug it and in. And you do that. Yeah. But I mean, I have enough to where they're fixed, but like if I have a party out on our back deck, I'll move a couple out there and connect them in the in the app where they're kind of one. And then I'll have a, a different zone like maybe in another room to walk into it. Yeah, exactly. And it and here's the beauty of it. Like they've signed they they've had the science down to uh, uh, to a great degree to where if you walk from one room to another, it all sounds really good because you know if it's not well coordinated, like there'll be like you'll be almost like disoriented, like the sound right. won't quite sound right and as people you transition. Really, people really rave about that technology. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like it. I'll tell you, I think there's something to be said for the different sound zones from a kind of a teenager having, you know, because I'm my, my kids are older than yours. So so I could see them going to different parts of the house, listening to different music quite loudly. You know what I mean? Like and just be on their own and it's fine. And and it's a totally different kind of thing. Right. I mean, I, that to me um that 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 to me is interesting, right? Like they could have, you could almost have like they could have like a group of friends. We could have a group of friends, and you can move the speakers around, and everybody's happy. Yeah, and the beauty is you could get 
their rooms into it, or you could buy their own personal speaker for like 200 bucks. If you want to go with like the low end and that's 200 bucks. I mean, that seems like, I mean, if you're like someone who's having trouble making ends meet, that's a lot of money. But if you're someone, you know, you're, you're well, professional. It's a hell of a lot better than buying a yeah, stereo. Exactly. So that's really, yeah. Yeah. There's no question that the overall outfitting of music with Sonos is actually significantly less expensive than it was when we were growing up. And you had to look, it seems like I'm not going to need a receiver. That's the beauty of it. Like I, I moved into house. So you, you talked about a, so expensive. You talked about moving to like how people, your realtor insists that you leave your electronics behind. Well, I moved to into a house where they left it all behind. Like I moved into this house and every room was wired. So every room had like speakers in the walls and there was like a bunch of Denon and legacy, um, like speaker equipment or uh, receivers and et cetera is like high end stuff. But it didn't sound very good. So I don't even use it today. Wow, really? I've gone to Sonos, yeah. And I was willing to spend my own money. And it was kind of antiquated and like old. And it was like it, it was basically just didn't work that well. So. Right. It's funny, right? I mean, like, it seems weird to me to give up the speakers I, you know, bought five years ago or six years ago, you know. But it seems like the speakers haven't held up as well as the – I mean it's true. The Sonos price point for being wireless, easy to use, and flexible is pretty powerful. Now that said, if you're putting a play bar underneath every TV, Michael, it's expensive. Yeah. yeah. It's I mean not- I, don't know, I don't know what your alternative is. So I don't, I, I don't know that I can say it's expensive I relative think, to something I else. think we should hold off on that conversation uh, to another day because I think that's a different conversation in terms of like wiring like your TVs and having great audio and a, a great home theater system. I think Sonos could be part of it, but I don't think – I think that could be a separate conversation. Okay. Well, it could be a separate conversation. But I mean – I but again, remember, I use the word screens for a reason. And while you, – you, you know, to the extent that you have, you know, a screen – let's say I have a, an office, okay, uh, and – you know, it's a fairly small room, and let's just say, for the sake of argument, it has a 42-inch screen. I want that. That the reason I'm getting 100 megabytes of 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 downtime and 50 up is because I want to Skype with people anywhere in the world and have it be really nice. And frankly, that bandwidth's not going to be good enough, and probably, right? <laughs> but but um, and I want and I want the sound to be really good. I want it to be video conference quality, right? And so that's why I think screens are important. I think And now you're talking about like communication. That's a completely different thing though. I mean that that brings up the conversation of like, okay, do I want an Xbox or something? Um you know, there actually are like these smart TVs and that's an interesting conversation to have. Smart TVs that have actually a Skype app and they also have uh in the actual TV they might have a speaker, you might want to get a separate speaker, but as well as a camera. So that's an interesting conversation. I didn't even know about this use case of wanting to do communication. How important is that to you? I think it's very important. It's what I would be doing in our future conversations together that are recorded. It's where I'll be sitting, I think, you know, or the equivalent of your, I'll be doing one of two things. I'll be, it'll be where my podcast studio is. Right. It's so I, I, so I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, it, it really hinges on your definition, and, and, and this is the thing. Smart home has a quite expansive definition, 
right? Like it, it can. It can. Like right? it can be as simple as having like one Bluetooth controlled door lock or a Nest. Like I think you're kind of got your toe in the smart home waters. Or it could be what you're looking to do with what your vision is, is like a fully controlled, like multi-layered entertainment, home systems, sound, smart yeah, home. Just that, that's, to, that's a much yes. more complex vision, right? So, yeah, no, that's – but, I, but I, yeah, I think that's right. But I also think – I mean look at how – look at our friendship. It's a totally digital friendship. We live on opposite sides of the country. We, you know, we both have families. We're never going to, you know, no matter what we do, we're looking at running into each other at conferences in a best case, <laughs> right? I mean, in the end, like, I think these presents, like, I think creating presence in your, in your home is important for people who work the way we do. Like, we're recording on a Saturday in the middle of the day. Like, we're blending a lot of 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 family time with work time and i think having constructive working experiences is part of the smart home i view that as a smart home issue because i i and i understand that's not a traditional definition but i mean you want your home to be smart so you can be communicative with your with everyone in your life including your colleagues i think don't you i mean you do do to that yeah, I mean, I I like this idea of having telepresence, and we're using a Cisco term a little bit there, but I I love this idea of like using video conferencing more more than I do now. I mean, I do it all through my Mac, but I think if you're moving to a house, you have this vision of like communicating with a lot of people, probably in a more robust way, and like you may actually have meetings and you want people to see you. I think that's a great idea. And oh, I, I, not only do I want them to see me, I want them to see me when we're not talking. I want them. I want it to be like I'm there. Okay. Okay. So that's a. So that's I mean, partly like that. That becomes like a conversation not only about telepresence and telecommunications. Like it's also about monitored monitored cameras, like drop cams and and such. Monitor so, cameras, and I think very importantly, smart technology because you're limited by your bandwidth. You're limited by your the application systems that run these things. Um. Uh, I think, you know, which standards you use to communicate to all your devices matters. I mean, so I see it as in the same bucket. You know what? I don't know if we're going to get it all solved today. I think this is like the we're first not. conversation. This we're just, we're laying out all your problems today. Yeah, we're not. We're laying out the vision for what Aaron wants. Right, which I try, yeah. I and mean, we haven't even I, talked about security. And we haven't talked about. Well, but But I don't think we should talk about security because I think. Like one way of talking about security is, hey, Michael, I've moved in and gotten my security briefing and here's my security system. What the hell should I do with it? Yeah. Like it, I know it's connectable to the things we're talking about. Like I've been told that. I don't even remember the brand right now, but I, I, I'm just saying like – and then the beauty of this is over the summer, like we can do little drop-ins of like, hey, dude, I, you know, it turns out this implementation sucks <laughs> and here's why or – I'm hoping that won't be the case, but you know, and here's what's really cool. I figured this out, you know, I mean, um, what about your yard conversation? What about your yard? Do you want like, do you want like things connected like via Wi-Fi? You could control the watering and of a, like a grass or like 
Because okay, that's sick. Did not know that. Have not heard about irrigation systems on Wi-Fi. Oh yeah, my friend. Okay, so I didn't know about that. Um, what, here's what I have heard. I've heard pool cover, lights, music outside. Uh, those are the three device things I've heard. I love the idea of having. Uh, you know, yeah, of course, you want all systems. Eventually, I guess you want all systems all to be smart. I think we've laid out, you know, I mean, we've rambled, but we've laid out a couple of really important distinctions. One thing is there's smart systems. Another thing is, do you have a unified um, application for those systems? Because that's a either, you know, because that's another step. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think I think you're at the point where you're willing to accept the fact that it's not going to be maybe all one app. You just want enough apps or like enough simplicity to make Nina happy, your wife, which in the main use case for her may be music and maybe TV. a little TV. Music and uh, TV are the main use. Uh, no, but she also wants – she wants to take advantage of whatever video conference infrastructure I have. But I think you're willing to kind of like, okay, I'm not going to throw all my dice and, and I'll put my all, eggs, all my eggs in like a control four basket at least today. I think, I think we've reached that conclusion. Well, it's interesting. I'm going to get sold that. That is – the guy. So you who, have some guy trying to sell you that. Okay. Yes, I have. Well, so the you know, like like anybody, right? Like I'm moving to a town because my friends are there. My friends had an AV guy, and that guy sold him Control Four, and now they want me to buy Control Four. And I'm not, you know, like I, I my next conver my my conversation with him is going to be like, dude, we got to talk about where the world is going, um, because I'm not sure it makes sense to make that. It's not even just the financial investment. It's the lock-in issue that I – again, we get to this uh, – you're absolutely right. I have a lot of sort of moral or whatever uh, ideological views on this. And one of them is I don't want to pay my cable provider. And another one is I don't want to get locked into a system that I think is going to get you know, disrupted. Yeah. The, I mean I think the beauty of Control 4 is you're going to be the farthest in the future today from a – full integration standpoint. I mean, I think, or, or one of its competitors, I mean, control four is not the only one, right? Right. But the downside is a little bit of lock in to like a software framework and like uh, a, a hardware, you know, a hardware as well. So, I mean, you're kind of be kind of locked in and, and that's fine unless you're, unless you don't want to miss out on like what great disruptive thing Apple might do 12 months from now or, well, see, or whoever. Right? I, I, you know, I live the life of a locked in Apple person already at many, in many ways, don't I? Right. Uh, although, although to be honest, I buy my films digitally on voodoo, you know, for like, and I, and I access that through Xbox or any of the, you know, like I could do it through my DVD player or whatever. Um, but, but I, I, I do get anxious about lock in, but on the other hand, I live a locked-in life in many ways through Apple. So it's kind of like – But it sounds like though you're willing – you want to be locked – the only company you're willing to be locked into going forward, at least from this standpoint right now, is Apple. Like we've admitted that yes. you love iOS. Your family's iOS-centric. Yeah. So if we can just put that to bed, I think that's a good point maybe to like end today's conversation with um, probably because I have to get to my kids at some point. But So do I. And uh, But like – if we want to do, if you want to do one next week, I think we can maybe have another one. And I might try to get a home system integrator onto that, like a guy. Well, that, I, know. I think that's the thing. I think we both have homework now. Yeah. Like I think I got to evolve my. But you'll appreciate this. I uh, Optimum for the moment. Optimum is my provider. 
two weeks from yesterday, they're coming to the house to turn the bandwidth on. So that's kind of step one. That's important. That's right. Like that's important, right? And so you, like, here's the thing: you want to grill. This would be great fodder for a conversation. Grill this guy. Don't don't have him install a smart home, but like ask him. Okay, I've heard that you guys offer security services because all these guys are being trained. All these guys are being trained now to like upsell. And you know, I was on a panel. I went down a, uh, to LA last week, and I had the the head of Comcast the, uh, smart home, the head of Time Warner smart home, the head of Cox smart home, all sitting in front of me, and I basically said. Why do you, why would I want you to be my smart home manager? And they all had good answers, but I think it was a valid question to ask, right? I'm not, I'm not pointing this out to like, I didn't even the, know until you told me, I didn't even know they were in the industry. Yeah. I'm I, not putting, I'm not saying that to put them down because I right. think they're, they're doing a good job, but I, I think it's a question that people are going to ask them. Why do I want you versus going to Lowe's or going with smart things or whatever, right? I mean, or control four even. Well, and how did they answer that? They basically said that, um, and I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going to get this 100 percent right. You know, they have a fairly robust um, kind of a scalable architecture that they use in eye control, which is a little bit true. You know, they have different endpoints, uh, like the the television aspect and the broadband aspect, and they can all integrate it through one billing experience. Um, Don't care about the billing experience. That's not the reason. If you want to tell me, I guess here's where I mean, here, here's where we're going. If bandwidth is the thing that adds value to the smart home, because like these guys, we're going to be their customers forever because they're our bandwidth. Bandwidth is not going away, right? So I we may cut the cord. I actually believe Google and Apple will buy the sports. I'm, I'm someone who believes that there is going to be intense competition in future rights agreements for for live sports. And I do believe Google and Apple will be serious competitors. And I do think at that point it's possible there's going to be more cord cutting. You know. So you, you think you think Peter Kafka's Google should bid on on Sunday Night Football like like those type of? You think that's going to happen? You think they're going to go out and buy I, some? I, listen, I, here's here's what I know. I want to. Are you an NBA fan at all? Um. I live in Seattle, so I'm a little bitter about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you, you should be. You should be. I am a, I am a football fan, though. You okay. know, we have no, a pretty well, good football the only team up I was, here. I was telling you, the NBA fan <laughs> is Lawrence Fishburne has a Kia ad that has been running. Now, I'm a big NBA fan, so I've seen this ad 10 times, okay, or 20 times, maybe even. Yep. And I swear to God, I'm going to test drive a Kia 9000, which is like their new Hyundai Genesis or whatever, right? Or. It's a luxury sedan yeah, yeah, made yeah. by them. Yep. And I'm just like, okay, live television is still awesome when you watch the ads. And the only time people are going to watch ads is live television. And so I think – I, listen, I think the Clippers are worth $2 billion. Whatever someone pays for the Clippers, they're going to get a good deal. It, it, it just – I mean, these sports franchises are so valuable for the for this reason, for this for this reason because you know it's going to be the most valuable advertising because it's live and you can't DVR it. Yeah, I agree. And I'm speaking as someone who DVR'd Monday Night Football for a while, and I and I still kind of do where I try and catch up in the second half. 
you know, like I'll try to. Well, that's the beauty. You record the first hour of any sports event, and then you skip commercials before right. it's over. And right. if you if you work it right, you can actually be there for the 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 the, the, the social media afterwards, all the commentary. Right, exactly. So that that's legit, right? Like, but even then, you're still watching some live commercials, and that does require a level of organization that seems aggressive, right? So. So and and the other thing that you got to realize is, I mean, and I, I sent you this piece. If you read that piece, you'll understand also where I'm coming from. Like this piece, I want to publish like in a meaningful way, um, which is that you know the president of Nielsen is a friend of mine, and he's the guy who's really turned Nielsen into an internet company. And they are at a point where gross rating points are going to be measured across any device, any distribution vehicle. It's just not going to matter where you're consuming. Because of their Facebook, Twitter, and experience, Experian integrations, they know where everyone's watching everything. And it's becoming a lot more measurable. And I just think that frees the digital guys to bid heavily. You know what for- the greatest acquisition for Twitter would be used by Nielsen? I mean, I know they bought a couple of those other guys to compete, and they're all been doing the role with the social TV stuff. But I mean, if they bought Nielsen. Well, that- they couldn't buy Nielsen, though. Nielsen's way too valuable. Nielsen's got like a. 25 or 30 billion dollar market oh, cap. Oh, do they really? I didn't know. Yeah. They, so Nielsen went private. The history of Nielsen is that it was taken private by the private equity guys. And then this rock star CEO came in who hired my friend who then took it public and all those guys made an absolute fortune. I mean, I think they like turned $2 billion into 20 or whatever. Right. Well, uh, we've we fully gone down the convert kind of went from like practical home install stuff to like industry talk. It's going to be um, hard for us not to do yeah. that. Sure. And so, but I mean, actually, I think that's one of the interesting things is like, what do you do if you don't know this stuff? Jesus. I don't know. I think everyone needs to be stay educated on the stuff. So I know exactly. they got to listen to the smart home show for that. So exactly. I, that, well, that's the thing. It's where the smart home show, the smart home show, you know what you are, your planet money for smart home. Well, let's not get carried away. Let's try to, let's aspire to that. Because like, Planet Money explains economics to me, I you know like I need Planet Money to like be like oh okay now I understand the Greek financial crisis. What, how how what is the life of a T-shirt? What is the life of a smart home sensor? That's that's what we'll do. We'll follow it from birth to death. Well, what we could do is follow my smart home from birth till I move. Right, like, we're going to do that. So uh, I'm going to try and get you on next week. I'll try and get a, uh, a a subject matter expert on the AV stuff. I need a little help on that, and I think you do too. So yeah, so do I. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, man. Let's right. talk, let's email this week. Bye bye. All right, bye guys. Well, that's it. That's the first episode of Smart Home Therapy here on the Smart Home Show. I hope uh, you figured out a little bit about what Aaron's going through and maybe it kind of applies to what you're thinking about in terms of installing your own smart home. Maybe if you're making smart home hardware, if you're in the industry, this kind of helps you in your thinking or you just enjoyed it. Hey, if you want to listen to more smart home shows, just go to technology.fm, look for smart home show there. And if you want to talk to us, if you want to give some suggestions to Aaron, feel free to email me at the smart home show at gmail.com or just go to technology.fm and leave a message there. And uh, Hey, we'll feature it on the next episode. How about that? Hey, once again, thanks for listening. My name is Mike Wolf. We'll talk to you in the future.